Hello and welcome to season two of The Masked Cricketer. K-Dog and Woodsy are back interviewing your favorite cricketing legends. And this one is from the women's game. K-Dog and Woodsy interview Charlotte Edwards, a phenomenal cricket player, and she talks about the highs and lows of her career. She discusses standard of refereeing in the women's game, the mental health and how important it is to modern cricket stars, and also her most memorable moment in the game, which, well, was rather painful. Today's episode and the live show are all about raising awareness and funds for the Lord's Taverners charity. Hey, K-Dog, it's your turn to take the crease this week. Go ahead and hit it for six. Are you the legend that is Charlotte Edwards? Yay! Fantastic. Brilliant. (laughs) He's so relieved. (laughs) What's the temperature like over there, Charlotte? Is it quite warm? Uh, It's quite hot here. <laughs> to be fair, that's the longest we've gone without being guest for, for a mass cricketer. So well done for that to start with. And uh, sorry it took so long uh, for you being at the mass there. H- how's it going? And and what are you doing over in uh, Australia at the moment? What's the plans? Well, I've, I'm on my third day of quarantine, um, but I'm over here for the Women's Big Bash. So I'm assistant coach for the Adelaide Strikers. So um Yes, yeah, so I've got another um, 10 days of, of quarantine to do, which is, um, yeah, pretty boring, if I'm honest. So this has definitely livened up my um, morning. Can't believe we've livened up somebody's morning, Kira. That's, that's, that's a new one for us, isn't it, uh, to be fair? Yeah. With that in mind, Charlotte, obviously, I was going to ask a couple of questions, really. What, what has the last sort of few months been like for you in the coaching and what else have you actually been up to? Um, well, the last few months have been brilliant if I'm honest you know July we, we knew we were going to get some cricket I'm head coach of the Southern Vipers so um you know we knew the Rachel Hayho Flint trophy was going to take place and um yeah it's just been a really a great sort of last three months and topped off last week with winning the the trophy at Edgbaston and just really grateful to really get some cricket in you know obviously six months ago I think everyone thought there would be no cricket this season so um yeah so it's been a great way to end what's been a, a very weird summer but yeah, we managed to salvage quite a lot, I think, from the summer, which is which is fantastic. I think most people would agree as well. Absolutely. It's um, it's a surreal time at the moment, isn't it? It really is. What do you think your chances are with the Adelaide Adelaide team? What what what's your what's um, your thought? Strong competition. Yeah, it's a really strong competition. I think it's really hard to sort of pinpoint a winner, really. I think the, you know, the talents evenly spread across the teams. We got to the finals last year, narrowly missed out to the Brisbane Heat. So, yeah, I think we'd be disappointed if we didn't make the semis. And um, But, you know, obviously we, we're setting out to, to try and win the comp. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be um, yeah, really, well, it's going to be an interesting one because we're all in a hub in Sydney. So um, it's going to be very different to previous seasons. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And it's, you know, it's nice to get out here and, and obviously get to, to play some high quality cricket and, and obviously for me to, to be around this sort of um, environment is great. Uh, and Charlotte, the Aussies do the uh, the BBL and the WBBL so well, don't they? Even though there's probably going to be no crowds throughout, it, it's still something that they just put on a real show, don't they? It's going to be fantastic to, to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time out here. You know, this is my sixth year of being involved in the Big Bash. But, you know, when they run concurrently, it's it's, it's a great spectacle, the double headers. But yeah, they, they definitely do it well. It's um, done at the right time of year around Christmas normally. So, um, so yeah, it's but this is going to be slightly different this year. But I think, you know, it has great TV coverage, which I think has been probably the, the thing that stood out for me, how it gets a great reach in terms of um you know they got they're on free to wear tv so it's it's been a huge success and yeah hopefully this one will be just as good as uh, the previous five charlotte i know there's a a number of people watching because i can see who's watching um a couple of your biggest fans from my club from uh, the mighty minster level nathan harris and uh, and eddie dunn who i think met you at the uh, at the oca league dinner a few years ago and daryl always takes the mickey out of the oca league but i know that they're watching and uh, i think they're thrilled to see you uh, one of them said that they recognized you but if they did why didn't they name you earlier i don't know perhaps they were just stringing us along a little bit. We remember um, a fantastic night at the OCA dinner when you were extremely popular. And I think you spent a lot of time <laughs> with a few people having a few sore heads the following morning, but it was a very enjoyable uh, evening. And uh, yeah, we're really um, delighted to, to have you on. So this year, Charlotte, obviously it's been a, a difficult year um, internationally, but the ECB um, uh, in men's and women's cricket particularly um, ha- have done an absolutely sterling effort, haven't they, to get as much cricket on as we have. And and to finish the season with that brilliant series against the West Indies, it, it must have thrilled you to bits. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been, I think it's been great. I think, you know, even with the women's side of things, you know, a couple of teams pulling out of their series and how quickly the ECB sort of responded and were so committed to playing women's international cricket this summer. And, you know, I was really thankful to be there really for the last five games um, commentating. So, um yeah, it was it was a again, like I say, a great way to end the season. And um, and a number of the players I've flown out with, they're out here playing in the women's big bash now. So um, they've had a busy few few months. But you know, for me, this is the best competition to play in, and I think this really tests the England players. And I think um, hopefully we'll need to see over the next week. Hopefully, some really good contributions from many of them. Yeah, fantastic. I'm just wondering if if you're all sort of staying in the same hotel, whether you can sort of uh, you know nobble some of your t- some of your opponents to make sure that uh, you, you get to the semi-final. But I think looking at your your squad, I think you've got a, a pretty strong squad, and, and it's a strong competition generally, isn't it? I mean, the, the Australians obviously, you know, they live, breathe, sleep cricket as much as uh, as we do, and uh, I, I guess that just the experience and the thrill of being there is is really what you're there for. Yeah, it's um, you know, I you know maintain, and I think England players will say, you know, this is where you know it's this is arguably the the highest quality competition they play in because you know it's it, you know the players over here have been professional for about five or six years now, so it's you know a competition that you'd really sort of benchmark yourself on as a player, and if you're doing well in this, I think this is just as it's just as good as playing in a World Cup in, in many ways. So um, yeah, it's a I think it's great development for the number of players. We try and get a number of younger players out here as well to to experience it. Um, but from a coaching point of view, it, I've learned so much and I've taken that back home and 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 obviously um, introduced it into my coaching and the work I'm doing now with the Southern Vipers. So it's been hugely beneficial for me as a, as a coach now. We'll come on, I think, to um, your World Cup exploits and your Ashes exploits uh, a little bit later. But the women's game has has really never been in better shape, hasn't it? Really, current world champions, you know, the, the, the next World Cup's sort of just around the corner. But your memories of uh, of 2017 and that fantastic final against India? 
Oh, well, it was it was just um, an unbelievable occasion, really. Like, I think um, before the game, everyone was saying there's going to be a sellout. And I kind of said, well, I've got to see it to believe it, you know, a sellout at Lords for a, for a Women's World Cup final. And yeah, it was one of those days that you kind of needed to pinch yourself. I was commentating, actually, and it was just, um, you know, I wish I'd have actually been outside a lot of the day because I didn't really experience the, the atmosphere. But I went out there a couple of times and, you know, I've never seen Lords like it. Everyone actually gripped on the cricket rather than actually worried about getting a beer in the back of uh, the tavern. So um, it was it was it was a truly amazing day. And, you know, and I didn't think I could ever beat that day. But I went to the World Cup final for the men <laughs> sort of two years later. And I mean, you couldn't have got two better finals in terms of um you know, going right to the, the bitter end. And, um, you know, thankfully, both England teams got over the line. I remember um, just going back to that final. Dara and I were at that point, we were on our way back from Shropshire and we were listening intently on my very antiquated car radio on long wave because we, I don't have digital, I don't pay that sort of money. But we were getting really uh, into the game and I was driving. And I think a couple of times, Daryl, when we were getting quite excited towards the end, I think I might have veered into the middle of the carriageway when we were celebrating the wickets that fell. But obviously um, the, the hero of the day, you know, towards the end of, uh, of that was Anya Shrubsoul. But the, the day itself was just a, a culmination, wasn't it, of what had been what you'd been building towards for so many years? Yeah, I mean... You know, Anya did a great job. To be fair, I watched the game back probably a few months ago on the watch-along things with Sky, and you, actually it's hard to think how England won that final because India were in control probably for yeah. 85% of that run chase. Um, and, you know, it just shows with runs on the board and pressure in a final and certainly at home um, what the crowd did really for England to get them over the line. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just a fantastic day and, like you say, a culmination of a lot of hard work over a number of years and... Um, yeah, it was, um, you know, one of those days you always look back on with really fond memories. And I know um, I'll hand back to Daryl in a minute because I, I, I have a habit of talking over him. So I've got to be uh, you know, mindful of that. But I, I know that um, with the Men's World Cup as well, but with the Women's World Cup, when when that happened, that was a, a real sort of fillet for women's cricket in the country, wasn't it? It encouraged more and more people. And, and I guess the pros at, at any level, but particularly, you know, when they get to international level, that they, they appreciate and they realise what their, you know, what the impact of their success has uh, on grassroots cricket. Yeah, and I think, you know, the you know, that's what they wanted to sort of achieve from the World Cup was not just about obviously winning it, it's about a legacy for the women's game. And I think we've certainly um achieved that. Um I think, you know, the game's gone from strength to strength from two thousand seventeen. The team probably haven't performed as well after after that period, but that's always hard, I think, when you've you know, had such a major you've just had such major success. But um you know, now there's 40 women players who are contracted by the ECB with professional contracts. So, you know, the game's moving very quickly and you know, it's a pretty exciting time to be around, you know, women's sport at the moment and women's cricket. So, um, yeah, I'm incredibly proud. I think, you, you know, to think, you know, 10 years ago, there was no one, not one professional cricketer in England or in the world. And now, um, you know, it's, it's moved at pace and it's, you know, it's a great space to be in right now. And I'm thoroughly enjoying being involved. Fantastic. And obviously during the summer months uh, this year, you, you had a, a little bit of uh, input with Sky and the commentary team. But uh, on our little pre-chat yesterday, you said that, that coaching and being being involved in the coaching it is really your sort of your first love now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think, you know, it took me a few years to decide, you know, after playing what I wanted to do. And I think I'm glad I took that time and I didn't rush into anything. And I had some great advice from some people close to me. And, you know, I tried everything. and But I think 
what I kept coming back to my passion was for the cricket my passion was for coaching and, and working with younger players or, or senior players but just being around um, so I jumped at the opportunity to coach um, in the 100 and coach the Southern Vipers and and obviously I've, I've continued my work out in Australia which I'm really thankful that you know the Vipers allowed me to do so yeah I think my ambition now is to you know coach internationally and you know that's something you know, I don't want to do in the immediate future, but I think that's a long-term goal for me now is that, yeah, I really enjoy, you know, I, I love commentary. It's, it's a great place to be, but I think my my passion is is 100% with, with coaching. Just off the back of that, before we um, before I let Daryl get a word in his ways. So in terms of coaching, Richard Giles, who's one of our disability coaches, uh, and he sort of runs all our sort of disability sessions. He, he's actually asked a really good question in terms of coaching. Do you, do you think that the England women's team should have a women's coaching team uh, predominantly or, or do you think it's a good mix to have uh, have sort of uh, men and women sort of coaching together look I'm a massive believer you have the best people you know whether man, men or women's team you have the best people and if if that's a woman then fa- I, I don't I wouldn't want to be given a role just because I'm a woman I want to be no. the best person to do the role so I think it's nice to have a mix of people absolutely but ultimately you want the best people and the players deserve the best people and but the great thing is now there's wonderful opportunities for women within the game. Um, and I think we've got some great coaches coming through who have played the game at the highest level as well, which I think is, you know, obviously um, important. And, and and obviously they've got a career path after the game. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm not, you know, I think um, for me, it's about it's getting the best person. And you know, if that's a woman, then then that's that's the right decision. And you're passionate for England as well. I know that. Daryl, I know you've got a few questions and a few things that you want to, to ask. I'm just going to, whilst you're doing so, I'm just going to have a quick look through some of the other questions and getting loads coming in as, as expected, which is really pleasing. Um, so, Daryl, I'm just passing it to you for a tick. Yeah, I was going to, I was actually going to ask that question. I thought it was a really good question from, from Richard, actually. And um, I'm really interested in your answer as well. I think it's, you know, fair play. I think that's the, the right answer as, as well. So, for for me, probably going on to the biggest influences for you, Charlotte. Who who influenced you into wanting to play the game, and who was an inspiration once you started playing the game? Um, well, my family have been, um, you know, the main reason I'm playing. My dad played, my uncle played, and and my brother. So I had a, a massive influence at home. So um, yeah, I'm very thankful for them. Um, I think once I started playing the game, I then had some wonderful influences on my career, and and one being David Capel, who's recently passed away. He was my coach from a from a early age, which um, obviously it was really sad to to hear about him the other week. And yeah, so yeah, I've had some you know great people in terms of inspiration. I had Jan Britton, who again she's passed away, who was one of our greatest female players, and I was very lucky to play with her. So look. I mean, there's so many people who have a massive influence on your career, but, um, you know, they were probably, you know, three people that, you know, I always went back to if, um, you know, if obviously things were tough or things were good and you just needed some um, just words of wisdom at time. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, I'm just really thankful I played, played for as long as I did and, and obviously played with some um, really special people over the time I played as well. Brilliant. I, I mean, there's so many people that you've actually played with, you know, 20 year career internationally. And um, I think at the age of 18, you you actually scored 12 centuries in a calendar year, which I think is a phenomenal achievement. Was there anything special at that time? Did, was was your 
preparation good was it just that you you know you were in the zone or, or, or you know can you sort of say put your finger on that time of your your career I probably got dropped a few times I'd imagine but no <laughs> I think you just have seasons don't you where you're in a purple patch and and I think when you're young as well young naive and fearless I think was a big part of my success early on I think I had a point when I got to 19 where I actually started to to have a dip in form and I really struggled with that because I've been so successful up until that point so I had lots of things happen throughout my career I had a really serious injury at 21 which although sounds awful it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it it gave me a real kick up the bum and made me work hard at what I was doing so you know things are you know there to try you at times and um but yeah I I really am am fortunate that um you know I played for as long as I did and I had highs and I had a few lows along the way but um they all sort of I guess um make you the player in person you are and obviously you know now as a coach you can really look on those experiences as well and and share them with other players I think that's the, that's the important thing now for me is that you've got those experiences to share with younger players that you went through it I, there's nothing those girls go through now that I've not been through and I think that's a wonderful place to be as a coach that you know how to um how to deal with it um I probably didn't know how to deal with it at the time when it happened to me, but now I feel I'm in a really strong position to help other people and um, and guide them through um, those tough times and also through the really good times. It, that's that's really interesting because I, I always feel that, you know, there is a stage when suddenly there is that we call fear factor, whatever it is that comes into to a, a person's game and it it's hard to get out of isn't it it's 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 wanting to do well you, you you're still thinking that you you can do everything but so, something's not quite right and I, there's there's nothing we could as coaches in some respects we can can help that but with somebody with your experience there do you, do you feel that you could get somebody through that and get them out the other side it's just the odd, odd words and you know sometimes it's not always hitting more balls is going to get you out of it it's actually having some time away from the game and actually um doing that side of things so it's all those different things that you you can give them options of, of what to do and but um but yeah I totally agree it's it's once you get in those ruts it's pretty hard to get out of it. it's cricket's such a mental game but I, I feel like I've been through most things that I could probably help help people um but um yeah, it's quite a unique sport, cricket, isn't it? Um, you're quite an individual in a, in a team sport, which often um, highlights, you know, um, a number of things. But um, that's why we love the game. You know, it's such a special game, isn't it? You know, when you do well for your team, there's no better feeling, I don't think, in the world. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's you know, we all love it. And we keep coming back for more, don't we? Which is... Um, which is why, um, you know, that's why, you know, cricket's, I think this summer's just given so much people um, a lot of um, happiness after after what's been such a sort of a really difficult few months um, with the pandemic. It's funny you should say that, actually, uh, Charlotte. So, I mean, I'm still playing at my ripe old age. And I'm still loving oh. every every moment but you you alluded last night in our in our prep that that's not for you could you could you elaborate on that a little bit <laughs> yeah like it was it was my biggest fear when I retired that I didn't I, I wouldn't you know I, I'd, I'd miss the game so much I can honestly say hand on heart that there's I couldn't think of anything worse than playing a game of cricket right now um I love being around it I love coaching I love throwing balls I love hitting balls but 
the thought of going out to bat, which yeah, I'm just like I've got no interest whatsoever. So, but I'm really comfortable. I'm really happy. I feel like I do because there'd be nothing worse at my age wanting to still get out there and smack the ball around and not really be able to do that. So, um, yeah, it's you know I've I've played enough now. I feel um, you know my times now just sitting watching with a cup of tea, which is the best place now. I think it is quite stressful. The only thing I want to do is actually go out there and captain the team. I love captaincy. I love being out on the field. If I could hide it short, fine, and and just captain the team. That's the only thing I miss about cricket, yeah, which is a huge passion of mine. Hold on, I'm just taking notes of this because obviously, um, you know, the next charity match, we need a captain. Oh, you know, I'm playing that. Team. Yeah, that, there you go. I've, I've written that down. That's fantastic. <laughs> that, that, I'll, play, that, I'll that, play in a charity match as long as I can bat 10 and, and just... That's our first mass cricketer for next season. Sorted. So there and you I'll go. bowl we some go. leggies. I'll bowl some leggies <laughs> as well. Um, loads of other questions have come in, Darren. If I can uh, just jump in, I know that uh, there's lots and lots and lots of questions. Um, your sister-in-law, Daryl Leslie Woods, um, who I'm now getting correct, your sister-in-law. Um, I think I might know the answer to this, or I might have a surmise of the guess. But what what's been your best moment? in cricket? Bear in mind, you've won three Ashes and a World Cup and a T20. There must be loads of brilliant moments. What's been your best moment in cricket? Um, yeah, I mean, winning the World Cup in Sydney in 2009 was probably, yeah, the career highlight because I think it's, you know, as a, as a kid, you want to win a World Cup. You know, as a captain, you want to lift the World Cup. So, yeah, I guess that's... But we came over here in 2014 and won the Ashes in Australia in the new multi-format. And I think that's that's probably one of the best achievements, I think, to beat Australia over here um, with across all formats. I think that proves that you, you know, you're probably the best team in the world. So um, yeah, that's probably up there as, as the achievement. But yeah, the highlight would have to still be lifting the World Cup. To, to, to win down under as, a, as an English person is, is always, <laughs> always uh, worthwhile. Sometimes I come on dressed uh, in a, an Australian cricket shirt, which really annoys everybody, but. I'm, uh, I'm an England fan through and through, but I just do it to wind people up, to be honest. Um, the multi-format um, Ashes and multi-format that we have now, that, that was a really good innovation, wasn't it? And it, and it really sort of uh, added even more interest to, to, to the game. Yeah, I think it was needed. I think it was getting to the point where the Ashes between us and Australia was getting one test match, which was a pretty dull affair, if I'm honest. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it it, it brought so much to give gave, gave a lot of context to our ashes. And I think it's been a real, um, yeah, I think it's probably one of the best things they've done in the women's game. And I, I'd like to see that format, you know, over all bilateral series, I think. I think we've got to keep Test cricket alive. You know, it, it's not alive at the moment, if I'm honest. And I think it's really hard for the players to play at Test cricket when you're not sort of playing anything domestically or, or internationally. And you're playing one Test every two years in the ashes. So... That would be my preference, especially now a lot of the teams are professional. I think there's no reason why they shouldn't be playing test cricket. There's so much to learn from it, in my opinion. And I know from a player and from talking to current players, you know, there's no bigger thrill than putting on the whites and, and playing in a test match, which you just hope that it can continue. And would you say it's fair to say that the uh, the rivalry between uh, England and Australia is is the same? Um, you know, I think it is. Looking looking at the way that uh, you go hammer and tong at one another uh, in the matches that we've seen, it, it, the rivalry is just it's England Australia, isn't it? In any sport, really. Yeah, it was it was always the game that you know or the series you wanted to play in as a player, and it's it, it's no different now. I want to watch it as a as a ex player, and you want to. Um, 
you know you want England to do well and you really feel in the women's game that's where you're you know that's where you can sort of um see where you are as a team and if you're beating Australia especially over three formats um you know you you know that's quite an achievement and you know they're a very good team they've really kicked on in the last couple of years and you know the next couple of years for England you know you know there's such great contest between the two teams and I can't really wait I can't wait to watch the the next one really. Charlotte, we've had a number of successes with, within Oxfordshire over the years. Um, I know that she may she may still even be watching now. I know Fee Morris has come through the Oxfordshire ranks, and you probably know Fee Morris pretty well. We've had a question uh, about two of our current sort of pathway players that are currently in squads. I'm not sure whether you whether they're on your radar, but um, Ellie Noble, Sophie Mitchellmore, who are in the Sussex and the Hampshire squads. I'm not sure if you know too much yeah. about about them and whether they're on your radar as a coach. No, absolutely. Um, you know, I've I've worked closely with Sophie uh, Mitchell Moore over the last winter, and she was involved in the Hampshire um, uh, training squad. So she's a really good all rounder, uh, young all rounder. She's at Southampton Uni, um, so we see a lot of her obviously in in the winter months. Um, and she's on our Vipers Academy. So, yeah, she's um, definitely someone to look out for. And Ellie Noble, she's actually decided to sort of go down the football route at the moment but we're trying to keep her engaged with cricket and and she still has a passion to play cricket it's just obviously getting the kind of flexibility from her football to to allow her to play cricket so yeah um they're two players that we've kept a really close eye on and um yeah and two really good athletes as well um that you know I'm looking forward to hopefully working with over the next few years I must admit, I'm not a very good player, but um, Sophie Mitchellmore was far too good for me when she bowled at me uh, a couple of weeks ago before the season finished in a, in a friendly that we played. She didn't get me out, but I didn't get a run, couldn't get back on board, to be honest. But that's not a surprise, is it, Daryl? Not really, no. I, I mean, I, I will met, I mean, Ellie Noble and Sophie, I know very well and, you know, got high hopes for them. It, it is a shame with Ellie because I, I think she's a super all-round cricketer but uh, she got a contract with the football and, and you sort of understand where where that's going at the moment but uh, hopefully hopefully they will um, sort of uh, let her play a game of two cricket because she is yeah. a, a talent I think so no great to, to to know that you have been working with them as well so brilliant I, I, I'm going to come in with a, a question I, I'm going to go very quickly I'm just going to ask one and I'll go back to Kieran again but uh when I've asked this question of of male cricketers, Charlotte, they they they've been a little bit reticent of, of actually saying anything to me. Who's the worst person in the changing rooms? What, what, what <laughs> who's who's got the best banter? Who's got the worst kit? You know, can you sort of spill the beans on anybody? <laughs> I haven't been, I haven't been in the England dressing room for a while, but um, Danny White's quite annoying. Um, she doesn't stop to talk in. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, there, there's not girls are not too too messy. I was probably the messiest, if I'm honest, in the change of room, which that's quite annoying. I, I would imagine for some people, but um, but yeah, no, there's there's not really too many um, yeah annoying ones. Catherine Brunt, she's pretty, and actually she is yeah, she's quite um, she's quite an interesting character. She likes um, she shouts and hollers a lot in the dressing room, especially if um, things are not going her way. So. Um, <laughs> Fiery fast bowler. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get on the wrong side. Don't drop a catch off a god. It's not even worth yeah, thinking about. Yeah, brilliant. I think she's answered the Charlotte's answered that quite politically correct, hasn't she? She hasn't upset anybody Absolutely. there. So you know, just, just take yeah. take take not the blame. 
I, I just try. I try each time. You know, can can we get a bit of gas? You know, but uh, <laughs> understandably. I think Brooksy sort of uh, Brooksy went uh, went a bit further, didn't he? But uh, Brooksy does, doesn't he? Um, loads and loads of questions. We've still got loads of viewers. Charlotte. I think this is probably our biggest viewers ever, actually, so far, which is incredible. It must about- be you two then. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think oh, stop it, Charlotte. Stop it. Well, I've heard all about you. <laughs> all good, I hope, Charlotte. All good. Oh, yeah, no, it's all been great feedback. I think um, you've got a huge future. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what in. <laughs> Somebody said to me well, earlier, Darryl, before we started, they said that uh, we're Oxfordshire's answer to Morecambe and Wise, but then he followed that up by saying that you'll be in, <laughs> that we'll be in bed together next, like Morecambe and Wise. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I've got a little controversial question for you here, Charlotte. So um, our friend Ian Royal, who's the OCA League Secretary, one of the best cricket leagues around, um, he wants to know <laughs> whether you're prepared to comment on this. How do you think the umpires... Uh, fared in the uh, the Rachel Hayho Trophy, and specifically the, the the female umpires. But how how do you think the umpires were? Were they uh, were they good standard? Do you think are you got are you allowed to yeah. say to? Yeah, no, I, I was actually I was really impressed, and, I, and I'm I'm actually really pleased that you know some of the female umpires have been given the opportunity to to do it at that level. Um, I think they've been given a num- a lot of um, education and yeah, so I think I, I was pleasant. I was really impressed by a number of, of, of the umpires. I think um, Sarah Bartlett, who's actually good, a good friend of mine, she's just taken up umpiring and she got the fourth official actually at the Rachel Hayho Flint trophy. So she's doing really well. Um, I think we've got some really up and coming Anna Harris. She did, she had some good games. I mean, we only had a number of them in the South, but um, there was obviously a, a North league as well, but in terms of the South League, how they stood, I thought they did a really good job. And what was really lovely was they were mentored by some of the um, the reserve or, or the list umpires, which I think was a great initiative because, yeah. you know, you suddenly get these female umpires who haven't done that type of level of, of games and it was on YouTube and what have you. I thought they dealt with it brilliantly, but also obviously got the support as well. Um, and I think that's what we've got to do. And I think it goes back to my point about coaches and about you know, we want the best umpires. If that's a female, that's brilliant. And I think they did the right thing in the final. They gave the two guys who, who perform well in the competition, the, the games, because the women haven't got that um, experience of, of TV, certainly, and haven't got the, you know, the third umpire experience. So I think um, they did a really good job. And and hopefully this will be, obviously, long may it continue that they're involved in, in that comp. Charlotte, we are getting completely inundated with questions. This is brilliant, fantastic uh, engagement this evening. Um, one of our younger viewers, who is um, he's currently down in the university in Southampton. He's a, he's a budding commentator, and he's to be fair, he's really good as well. He commentated. Uh, he provided full live commentary of our mass cricketer charity match. Uh, he, he wants to know from the commentary box perspective on the mic in key moments, what's it like when you're sort of commentating on a game where it's getting really exciting? Is it hard? Is it hard as a as a former cricketer to sort of keep your cool, or, or do you sort of you know have the professional mindset to to stay calm? Yeah, I think when I first did it, yeah, I got totally enthralled in the match, and so therefore you were living every minute of the match like you were a player, which is obviously not quite a good place to be. Thankfully, I didn't swear or, or do anything like that. But I think as, as time's gone on and, and I think you watch some really good broadcasters commentate, it's, you know, I, I guess you just remove yourself back from that. And it's about then giving the viewers, obviously, the best best possible, you know, uh, event of, uh, you know, uh, 
how they go about, you know, projecting their voices and so on. So I think, um, yeah, it's it's a difficult job. It's not as easy as everyone probably would think it would be because there's lots going on in your ears and so on. So, um, yeah, I've um, I've enjoyed it. Um, and I think I've really enjoyed working with some really good commentators as well. And, and I think you really appreciate how how good they are. But, yeah, it's um, it's a fun place to be. And it's the best seat in the house, isn't it? When, when you've got a, 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 obviously a big game. Definitely. I think um, that I'm probably, from my perspective, I've tried I've tried playing cricket for about 30 years, but talking about cricket, I, I think I'm OK with playing it. Not so good. Not so good. Go, going back to the, the game itself, I know we had a chat about this yesterday uh, and the future of, of cricket. I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm on the fence. I'm not going to say that I'm for it or against it. I'm going to say on the fence now. Daryl's smiling because he knows what's coming. Um, Talked talk yesterday about about the hundred competition, which was obviously due to that. start this year, and and I think you were you were due to coach with um, with an absolute legend in uh, in Jai Wardner, Mahesh um, Jai Wardner. For for you, you 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 presumably think that this this the the, the new format is is really important for the future of cricket in England, well across the world. Yeah, and it, and you know, and it's not just because I've got a role in in it as either, because I think. You know, I've I've experienced coming out here and seeing um, how how big the BBL has got and the WBBL and how they you know work together. Um, you know, and what they talk a lot about over here is one one club, two teams, and I think that's you know that's that's what it is, and and it, it is genuinely that, and I think that's what we needed to create in England. I think there's just so much going on in England with so many counties, and and I think I think you know obviously the. The big bit about the hundred was to get more engagement from families, etc. And I think it's a, it's an absolute no-brainer. I think it's going to be great for the game. Um, I think all players are looking forward to it, and I think we've just got to give it a chance. I think I think in, it's like when T Twenty first came out, everyone thought it was the worst idea in the world, and now we think it's the best game um, ever. But I honestly think in in three or four years' time, you know, the players that they're attracted to this to this competition is, you know. Well, certainly from the women's point of view, is, is is the best we've seen across the world. Yeah, I'm really um, excited about the prospect of, of both, and and I think I think there'll be more double headers now. With potentially with some funding issues now with the hundred, I think hopefully what we'll see is a lot of double headers of men's and women's team playing on the same day and having a really good spectacle for the for the crowd. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna you know I, I'm gonna free admit I, I was on the fence a little bit. Daryl, I'm actually starting to be won around the last couple of weeks. I am starting to be won around. You're quite right, Charlotte, as well. T twenty when it first started, I was a bit of a an old stick in the mud traditionalist, even though I was quite young then. But when it first started, I was thinking no, I'm not gonna watch this, but I watched nearly every T twenty. Okay, I, I promise I promise you you can have my two complimentary tickets for the first game of the hundred and see if I can convert you, okay? Deal, deal. I'm converted. Deal. Okay. <laughs> that that's an offer I can't I can't refuse. I've obviously got to. Uh, you've got to come in green though. You've got to come in. You've got to come in a Southern Brave shirt though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. What size you know, do you want? Well, well, I'm getting luck. smaller, Charlotte. <laughs> uh, Charlotte, I have lost four stone in the last year, so I'm getting smaller. So uh, have you know, you? I'm, I'm, God, that's amazing. I Great have, effort. Really, yeah, I need to prepare for a, a half marathon that I'm going to run for the Moors Tavernous. So I need to sort of keep going. So, uh, yeah, no, that's well done. good. Thank you. Fantastic offer. Thank you very much. A couple of questions from, yes, Richard Giles. At last, a realistic view of the 100. He said cricket needs it and uh, women's and men's on the same day is a great idea. So, yeah, I am being one round. That's not just because yeah, of the offer. Yeah, come on, Kieran. <laughs> I'm being one round. 
Matthew, um, who is uh, a massive Gloucestershire fan, wants to know um, if you can sort of remember um, the, the, your your best sort of experience of a game uh, at Bristol, if you can remember. That's a tough um, one, isn't it? Digging back yeah, into the angle. I played my first ODI there actually in um, way back and I scored, yeah, I scored a 50. So it's probably my first ever game there against South Africa in, in 1997. So, um, yeah, fondly remember that day. And yeah, but I've seen some brilliant games at Bristol over the years. And actually more recently we played, the Southern Vipers played the Western Storm there about three or four weeks ago. And we had a really, really tight game. So um, it's always a ground that it's been free scoring and, um, I thoroughly enjoyed sort of being at really. So um, yeah, go Bristol. Go Bristol. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a bit of affinity to Bristol because we, we obviously it's our neighbouring county. We 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 partner with Sussex actually, which has been a, a fantastic partnership. But uh, yeah, we do uh, we do like to sort of uh, keep an eye on how things are going down in Bristol and uh, obviously Gloucestershire um, missed out in the. Uh, in the, yeah. It was the T11. It was the T11 finals day in the end, wasn't it? With all the rain. But I'm uh, going to confess. I'm going to confess. I watched all the T20 finals day um, all night the other night when I got here. So uh, I didn't miss a ball of uh, T20 finals day. It was pretty sad, really. I slept all the next day, which was probably not ideal for my jet lag. <laughs> Hence why I'm still up now. <laughs> well, just, just as well for your so your sort of bright eyed for, for for us. We've got a, a question uh, away from cricket, um, which is another really good question. If you hadn't had a career in cricket, what do you think your career path would have been? What what was sort of what were you sort of planning to do when you were growing up? That scares me. Um, no, um, I think I would have. I mean, I, I got picked for England when I was sixteen, so it was pretty much planned out for me. But I I, I think I'd have been interested in in the police. I think I think I'm quite a nosy person and like to know what's going on and enjoy my crime show. So um, so maybe a, maybe in the police. Can I can I say that's where that's where I work? So there you go. I've, I've said it now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe you can a... get me a day of work experience there. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, at the moment, we're we're all working from home as we have been since about March. Oh. So it's been a bit. Uh, I've just most of the time I'm just having company of uh, the dog and nothing else really. So we've had loads and loads of comments. We've had uh, lots of people sort of thanking you. We will thank you, obviously, ourselves at, at the end. But uh, in terms of your sort of career, so obviously you started very young and, and you, you won, similar to our guest last week, three Ashes series and the World Cup. If you could put your finger on, on, on uh, one sort of moment from the Ashes series, so putting aside the World Cup in terms of personal performance, can you sort of think of any specific sort of performance that still sits in your mind today yeah I mean you know a lot of people think you're going to say hundreds but we had a we had the best test match in Perth in 2014 where we beat the Aussies and it was a it was a, it was actually not a high scoring test match but it was just it literally was ebbing and flowing and it was in 44 degrees heat which is literally the most ridiculous um, game of cricket I've ever played in but I scored a 60 in the second innings actually and and it was always it always sort of be quite a it was quite an important um, obviously sixty in terms of the of the game situation and but without doubt it's the best game of cricket I've played in um, and to beat the Aussies at Perth which is clearly something that the England men's team haven't done uh, very well it's it's a hard place to go and play um, so um, yeah that always sticks out to me as probably one of my um, sort of favourite games and and obviously sort of key contribution as well 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think um, last week we we were mentioning we were sort of uh, having a little joke with uh, with Sir Andrew that uh, that we took a, a, an under nineteen side out to uh, Australia in, in 2010, 11, that that series, uh, and the only game they lost was the one that we were at watching. So he's blamed us for it. Said it was your fault that, that they lost that one. So that's fair enough, <laughs> I think. So. Well, it is, but Charlotte might be actually now thinking perhaps I shouldn't, shouldn't invite those two to the to the hundred. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point, isn't it? Might be a bad omen <laughs> uh, for any team we go and watch. Um, I don't know. I, I was gonna. I, I think I was gonna ask the the, the sort of players that you played against who um, has sort of stood out as being a real competitor against you and some of your favourite players in, in all disciplines, keepers, bowlers and, and batters? Look, I've, I've, I've played against obviously some of the greats of the game, um, which has been, you know, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, probably one of the big contests I had was with Elise Perry when she was um, sort of starting her career and, um, you know, her, her bowling then was seen as her main discipline. So she's always been someone I've enjoyed sort of playing against. Um, yeah, and I mean Meg Lanning, who's who's obviously um, now kicked on to another level as well. That those two, when they were first coming out, were um, going back in the day. Someone like Belinda Clark was probably someone I really looked up to. Um, she captained Australia, and was obviously hugely successful, and now has gone into administration. So, yeah, I mean, I feel incredibly proud and privileged to have played against um, many greats in the era that I played the game and. I'm mean, actually enjoying watching them all now, and um, yeah, it's it's you know it's um, something that you you really miss actually that contest between someone who's you know a really good bowler and you know obviously you're there to, to score some runs, which yeah that they're the sort of things you miss about the game. I've been distracted, Charlotte. I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass my wife. She's actually crawling on the floor to so she's not on the film to try and get something in the office here. It's very amusing. Oh bless her. <laughs> Sorry to. Oh, she's laughing. Well, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. I think I've got away with it. <laughs> we've, 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 had, we've had South Korean specialists uh, with their kids coming into the room, haven't we? In the background. So, um, Charlotte, I, I'm not. I'm not a stato in any way. But one thing I did notice, and uh, and I, I'd like to ask because I think she's one of the best players that England women's team has ever has ever had. Um, you used to you, you formed quite a, a a good partnership with Sarah Taylor, and I think you hold the record for sort of T Twenty partnership. Sarah Taylor, I mean, is she was she as good as as she clearly looked to me? She's one of the best players um, in, in the England women's team has ever produced in, ter in terms of her wicket keeping specifically. Absolutely outstanding, wasn't she? Oh, she's the most naturally gifted player I've played cricket with. Um, from watching her when she was 17 she could do things that a lot of us couldn't even do um, so yeah in terms of her natural ability and I think you all saw with the keeping you know and Sarah probably won't mind me saying you know she didn't she, she didn't put hours and hours into the training ground she that was all natural and, and that's you know in terms of um, you know that side of things she was unbelievably gifted um, it was just really sad, really. She she had the issues she's had um, and sort of cut short her international career, I think, which I don't think we ever probably saw the best of her. You know, I think I saw the best of her when I was playing, if I'm honest. And I think um, I think once she'd had one of her breaks, I think she struggled to come back. So, but yeah, 
unbelievable talent. Um, I enjoyed batting with her. It was such a thrill to obviously be out there. We had some huge partnerships together. And, yeah, um, you know, she was a, a great person to have around the dressing room. She's a very funny girl. Um, so it, was, it came as a bit of a shock to me when, you know, it, you know she obviously... Um, she spoke out about her her mental health issues. So, um, but yeah, um, I think you know she's she's obviously um, been retired now uh, probably twelve months. So I'm sure. Yeah. Um, hopefully, she's she's enjoying sort of life after cricket now and without you know that that's real stress of 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 what cricket can can bring really. And I think yeah, it's um, real sad that we lost her to the game really. I think it's really important, actually, though, isn't it, to, to stress here that that the the, the high profile uh, the player players that have actually had that courage to open up. It, it's really opened up um, people's views and people's minds in, into the stresses and strains that go into being a professional sports person. Uh, and actually, um, in the fullness of time, the, the the fact that they've opened up has actually you know made it sort of clear to to others. And, and there's more support mechanisms in place now because of the bravery of some of these players that have opened up and, and sort of spoken out about their experiences. Yeah, the PCA have done a wonderful job, I think, as well, in allowing people to to speak out and giving them support. I think, um, yeah, it's, it, it's you know, it, it clearly has been around for a lot longer than, you know, the recent sort of stories we're hearing. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, I think it's part and parcel of cricket with the, like I said earlier, it's, it's the uniqueness of cricket is that it's an individual and team sport. But what comes with that is, is huge pressure. And, and, and obviously, if you have got um, a mental illness, it can really obviously, um, you know, hamper that, which, um, as we've seen from some of the most, uh, most high profile players in the game. So, um, yeah, it's, it is sad. And, um, but like you say, people can talk about it now and, and, and feel, okay about it whereas it you know years ago it probably wasn't the, the thing you you did and it was seen as a weakness which I think right now it's, it's seen as a positive thing yeah it was seen as a stigma wasn't it and now actually you know people that uh, that are willing to, to talk about it, it it's 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 encourage others to sort of come out and talk about their issues as well so Sam King's asked I think we've sort of touched on your your best innings I, I think that Sam could probably google this but he's specifically asking for your memories of it your your highest ever score and your memories of who that was against uh, and how yeah. how you went about that innings it was a club game, actually. Um, I, I was playing for a Kent um, club team, and it was two hundred and twenty-four not out in a in a in a club fixture. So yeah, that's my highest ever score. Um, don't remember too much about it, if I'm if I'm brutally honest. But um, but yeah, it was um, yeah that was my my highest international score was one hundred and seventy-three, and that was in India when I was seventeen. So like I say, some of the highest scores aren't the most memorable scores you know I've you know some scored some 70s 80s which have meant as much just as much to me as 100 but um but yeah um clearly um it's hard to think that I've scored 224 in a game and especially in a 50 over game at the time so oh, um, wow yeah Crikey. it always uh, always upsets me when I hear that because I'd struggle to score 224 runs in a, in a year let alone in one game <laughs> so um I do try I do try but, do that now <laughs> I certainly couldn't do that now. I, I came out of retirement this year and put my back out. So that's yeah, old age. I, oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm 44, getting on a bit. I'm not as fit as Daryl. I mean, Daryl's obviously a supreme athlete. So um, we're going to have to. He looks it. Time. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. Yeah, he definitely looks it. <laughs> um, 
Give me too many compliments. Stop it. <laughs> we'll have, we'll have some, we'll have some going. Quick... going, Charlotte, actually. I'm quite enjoying it. Terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I interrupted. I apologise. <laughs> we, we normally end with some quick fire questions and we we uh, we always like to end on a, on a really sort of light note. Um, the, the funniest the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on a cricket field, it doesn't have to be international. You know, can you sort of remember a, an incident that's happened on a field that, that you've just fallen about oh. laughing? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't particularly funny at the time, but I got hit straight in the face um, in a in a in a game against Bangladesh. I got in so tight, and it was my own fault. And then she's absolutely smacked this ball. It hit me straight in the face. Um, the rest of the players quite enjoyed it, but I didn't. I had a massive. Um, but it was my own fault for for creeping in and thinking. Yeah, I was invincible. It's always nice when your teammates fall about laughing when when you get an injury. I dropped, I dropped a few dropped a few catches under lights as well. Some real dollies at Chelmsford. The lights are not that great there, and I've dropped a couple. Which um, oh god, I don't ever want to watch back. <laughs> and uh, and talk about Chelmsford. F- favorite county grounds. So favorite grounds that you've that you've played on in in, in England. Well, that would be the most successful ground. I've never lost at Chelmsford, so um, so that would be the ground. Um, you know, I've I've really enjoyed playing at um, Taunton. That was also a very um, you know, in terms of personally, that always scored a lot of runs there. So um, they're they're two grounds I I um, remember fondly. Sorry, I'm just having a laugh. Your number one fan, Nathan Harris, has said your funniest memory on a cricket field will change next year when you see me bowl, <laughs> which is probably oh, a fair comment. It is quite <laughs> I have to be honest. Is it? Mm. Oh, somebody else has just said exactly the same. You, you wait till she sees you bowl, Kieran. Oh, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> I can't wait for this game. 31st of mm. May, was it? I'll write that down. Get it in your diary. Get it in your diary. Yeah, um, 2021. God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and hopefully by then we won't have any restrictions. We we could have very easily um, sold probably three times as many tickets, to be honest. Um, we had so many people asking to come to that game uh, and it was a cracking day. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully that will be... It's really good. We've got our, our, our opening batsman in place, Daryl, for, for, for next summer now already. So that's a good start. Well, actually, somebody did say earlier it would be really good to see me and you open the batting, Charlotte. Obviously, me blocking it at one end and you smashing it at the other is is oh, it'd be I a don't expect too much. <laughs> oh. uh, great stuff. I, I, I'm going to come in. I, we always ask this question of of uh, our guests: of what would you say to an up and coming cricketer now, uh, a young girl, lady coming into the game? What words of inspiration could you give that person who's looking for a career in in cricket? Oh, wow. Well, it's, you know, I would, you know, you've got to enjoy what you do. You've got to work really, really hard because um, that's, you know, two things that I've, you know, stuck by. But, you know, just never say never. I mean, I, I grew up playing and I never thought I could play for, um, you know, I was playing boys cricket. I didn't even know the women's. I think they're in a, such a fortunate position now where there's a really clear pathway. Um, if you want to reach the top, you know, there's just, um, yeah, go for it because, you um, I've had so much pleasure. And even if you don't make the top, playing cricket is just one of the most wonderful things um, you can do because you meet so many great people like yourselves. Um, and, um, and yeah, I just think it's just such a special, and they say about the cricket family, but it is such a special family that we're involved in that um, that is, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, yeah, cricket is just one of the best sports and always will be. 
definitely I, I think believing in themselves as well is is a massive thing I, I, you know going forward just believe in what you do it's not arrogance it's just believing in your ability and making sure that you can put that on in place on the field of play i think but hard work has got to be in there as well but yeah believe in yourself please do that because i think that's massively important going forward kieran you got some fast questions to uh, as we're going well into charlotte's time here so uh, well, we have indeed i'm just looking at the the, the viewing figures are still going strong so we we we've, we've managed to because bake off today i think we've had more viewers than great british bake off tonight so that's really good so i mean we were talking to lindsay smith in our last series actually charlotte this is something I was going to ask a bit earlier. One of, one of the things that Lindsay mentioned, which really helped her in her early days, particularly when she was uh, particularly young, she, she played regular um, first, second team cricket for Aston Rowan, which is one of Oxford's stronger clubs in, in the men's team. And she, and she said that was a really good grounding for her moving forwards. Would, would you say that where possible, uh, obviously, you know, there's, there's women's competitions, which clearly, you know, take precedence. But, you know, would you say that that's a really good sort of learning curve as well to sort of play as much cricket as you can at the highest level you can yeah I my advice to any young girl is to play boys and men's cricket for as long as you can alongside your women's cricket I put you know a lot of my success down to playing boys and men's cricket I didn't have a choice because there wasn't as much women's and girls cricket but you know the things I learned from playing boys and men's cricket and more importantly men's, the mental side of the game was was massive and and that was one of my real strengths I think as, as a player moving into the women's game and internationally. So 100% play boys, men's cricket, um, experience as many different um, kind of situations as you can. And um, yeah, it does it does prepare you, I think, to play at the very highest level. Um, and I think most women would, would totally agree with that. Fabulous. Daryl won't put this one up. I'm just going to have to say this one because uh, Richard Giles has said uh, that Daryl should tell tell you about how his debut Lord's Tavern and innings went, but he won't he won't do that because he blocked it. Charlotte, I know that there's one question that that Daryl normally asks right at the end, which he actually forgot last week, which is uh, quite disappointing. Oh, nice. the, uh, he knows what it is as well, but we'll, we'll, we'll mention that one very shortly. I think um, we we're sort of start doing this this thing. To a, to a close. I'd just like to say a massive, massive thank you to anybody that's uh, watched this this evening. We we have a, a long series up until sort of um, December, all in aid of the Laws Tavern. We haven't flashed it up on the screen too many times this evening, but it is running along the bottom. Um, if you can make a small donation to uh, our Just Giving page, uh, search for the Master Cricketer. All the money uh, raised goes to the Lords Taverners, uh, which supports disability cricket uh, in Oxfordshire and beyond, actually nationwide. And it's uh, it's a fantastic charity. Darren and I have uh, have really sort of come on board with it, and uh, we're supporting Lloyd Scott Charlotte, who is uh, as we speak probably preparing to climb up scaffold pipe tomorrow for the second of his three peaks challenge i'm not sure if you're aware what's been going on but he's uh, he's climbing the three highest mountains dressed in a deep sea diving suit and uh, mm. um he's the he's the man that did the um the london marathon in the slowest time ever in the in the deep oh, sea yeah. diving suit and this is his last challenge before he uh, he hangs up his diving suit i guess but um <laughs> he's gonna pass the baton on to us and hopefully we'll continue to raise some some really good um, some really good funds for the charity um Charlotte, for me, a massive, massive thank you. It's been brilliant. It's been our most successful one ever so far. I'm not just saying that. I'm looking at the viewing figures. Uh, they're incredible. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, I'm going to ask Daryl to, to to wrap it up with regards to the question that he forgot last week. And uh, this puts you on the spot. But go on, Daryl, you go for it. 
I'm, I'm gonna I'll, I'll give you a time to think about it because there is another question I, I do want to ask you because I think it's very relevant that that's actually what's happening at the moment the, the question the funny question is uh, if you had a superpower what would it be so you, you can have a think about that uh, I won't put you straight totally on the spot my my friend in in uh, Uganda has actually asked what what's it like it feels like playing in a World Cup he, he's Currently, uh, the Ugandan ladies' national team is 18th in the ICC T20 rankings. And he loves coaching and part-time is involved in helping with video coverage of that team. So I think he's he's asking there two questions, really. What, what's it like playing in the World Cup? And, you know, it's great that Uganda ladies are, are moving up the ranks as well. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I think it's great that there's so many now countries playing women's cricket around the world. And, you know, it's... Uh, you know, I'm really overwhelmed by the amount of, of, of countries that have, have really taken to it. Um, in terms of playing in the World Cup, um, you know, it is the pinnacle for any player, I think, in the women's game. I think, um, yeah, to, to play for your country, um, you know, it's fantastic. But to play a world event is is even more special. So, um, yeah, let's hope, you know, who knows in the next few years, um, Sort of those teams like Uganda can really look, set them sights on, on on playing or even trying to qualify for a for a World Cup, which I think um, is the next step for them. Brilliant, and and the and the superpower, what might that? Be? I'd quite like to be able to fly. I reckon and fly out of this window and and get out of get out of this <laughs> hotel room right now. That that would be my probably preference. But there's so many police around here, they'll probably catch me. But um, <laughs> I am counting down the days. Um, so yeah, it's um, yeah probably that right now. Charlotte, uh, from me, I'll, I'll let Daryl wrap it up as as he always does. But for me, this has been absolutely immense. I mean, we've had comments. This is the best show ever. Fantastic show. Uh, Charlotte is such a legend. Um, I knew you would be, to be honest, having experienced um, our after dinner um, thing at the OCA. But yeah, for me, really, really grateful. Not only for giving up your time for well over an hour and 20 minutes, but also for getting up at something like five o'clock in the morning, uh, heavily jet lagged to talk to um, a, a bloke dressed as a Viking with a giant moustache on his head. Um, <laughs> just so you know, that, that thing on his head, he, he used that in his costume a few months back when it was actually his moustache. So uh, yeah, he, he's um, very, very it's been moving a bit tonight, so I think it might be it might be alive. I'm not sure. Keeping you, I, I know you have got nothing to do, so I'm going to ask you another question because it has come from from the Ugandan guy again. Um, he, he's sort of saying, what what could they do to get up the rankings because they've got such limited facilities? Is there anything they could do with limited facilities to to enhance you know their chances? I mean, it's a difficult question to answer. I know, but thoughts? Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, you've just got to do try and do as much you know um you know fundamental work as you can just drop drills or you know whatever just as long as you've got a bat in your hand even trying to practice bowling against the stumps just doing you know just doing cricket skills as as much as you can although it's limited with the resources you've got um and then trying to get as much meaningful cricket as you possibly can and, and I, again i know that's difficult but um there's a starting point so um uh, good luck i'll be following you thanks for that shall i appreciate that answer um yeah big thank you from me for for being our our second mass cricketer of our second series it's been a it's been a ball uh, i've enjoyed every single second of it so um thank you thank you for listening to season two episode two of the mass cricketer today's show was hosted by the viking raiders k-dog and woodsy 
special thanks goes to today's masked cricketer, Charlotte Edwards. Theme music was Swing House by RKVC. The show is still thrown together by Daryl Woods and Kieran Bushnell. If you would like to make a donation to the Lord Taverners charity, please head to justgiving.com forward slash the hyphen masked hyphen cricketer. If you would like to guess the masked cricketer live, load up youtube.com forward slash the masked cricketer and hit that subscribe button and bell. Whilst on your device, pop on over to Twitter and follow us there on at masked cricketer. That's all for now. See you next time.